It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman. Glad to be back with you here on a wonderful December 23rd. That's right, just two days away from Christmas and uh, one of our last shows, uh, it seems. Maybe our last show of the year? Maybe not our last show of the year? Maybe one more next week. We'll see. But glad to be back after, uh, after a long time and a lot of LA Galaxy news to get you caught up on and uh, get you ready for to help me do that. Uh, the man who's been patiently waiting while I've been uh, off for a little bit here uh, is the panda himself, Mr. Kevin Baxter. What's up, Kev? Hey, you know, I used to do a pod with a guy. He did like over 700 shows. Yeah. That guy was a, he was an Iron Man. He was there every week. What Whatever happened to that guy? Yeah, I know. Uh, he had a baby. I mean, that was... I, everybody, wow, that's history. The it, first guy to have a baby. The first guy, it was. Uh, it feels like... Sometimes it feels like I'm the first guy uh, to have it and, and do all that stuff. But uh, no, um, a little bit early, actually, because if I remember correctly, as I do, uh, I told everybody, Kevin, that the, uh, the baby's due date was December 19th, uh, and here he was born on December 2nd. Um, yeah, I saw the flag went up. That was clearly offside. It, it was a, it was a little premature. It was a little premature, but that's okay. Uh, no, he was doing. He was fine. There was no problem. He was born seven pounds thirteen ounces, more than ready to come into this world. Uh, whenever it comes to that, but uh, Jacob Andrew uh, is his name. Jacob Andrew Gaston. Uh, no, no soccer player references in there, which I'm sure goes against most of the bets that were laid down uh, on on uh, on his name there. Um, so anyway, that's, uh, I was, I was disappointed in the three names, to be honest. I thought it'd be like a Brazilian soccer player, like, you know, like Fred or Barney, Barney or something. And, 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 and mom is doing well. Mom is, uh, is hanging in there. She's doing well. She's fine. Michaela's doing good. Um, she says that, uh, we need to hurry up and get this podcast done because I have duty, uh, to go back and, and probably change some more diapers. Uh, I will say, uh, I didn't quite remember getting peed on this much in, in parenthood that there, there seems to be some sort of targeting device specifically on me. So, uh, well, you the- know, those millennials, <laughs> well, it- the biblically named Jacob looks great in those Manchester city, uh, togs i sent out i know i was gonna say you sent him over we put him in it i, I will say once again and and for everybody to know his epl uh, fandom is currently up for the highest bidder uh manchester city came in strong with you right away um but i don't have an english premier league team so i'm willing to to go through all uh, all 20 plus teams let's do it um let's 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 see which one we can do but uh yeah so he he enjoyed that thank you kevin appreciate it um yeah he's uh he's just sort of so far been a pretty chill baby um so hopefully that'll mean that i get to do more recording and do it but yeah i I think this might be the longest break in corner of the galaxy history because i got married and i think i only missed um, three shows Something like I think, that. I think you recorded from the wedding. Uh, I did not. I would have gotten yelled at for that for sure. I did go to a game the day after the wedding because uh, we weren't leaving for the honeymoon until the Monday. So that's right. Like, I yeah. remember that you interrupted the 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 space between the wedding and the honeymoon was uh, a galaxy game. It was absolutely so. Uh, so I got uh, cleared for that one. That was fine. But uh, yeah. So anyway, we're back. Um, you know, I don't know exactly know what the schedule it is, but 
to be quite honest, it's the off-season, Kevin, and I never know what the schedule is going to be or how it's going to be. So uh, we'll continue on. When there's news to talk about, we'll uh, we'll try to have shows. And when there's not, we probably won't have shows. Uh, but right now, after being off for almost a month, I think we can aggregate a bunch of Galaxy news to give us a full show here. So uh, hopefully everybody's back. Hopefully everybody's preparing for a nice holiday uh, break here in the middle of the week um, and that they haven't gone too crazy that apparently the Galaxy have been sitting on their hands, uh, which maybe smartly, maybe, maybe not smartly, have been doing so. So far uh, in this off season, but well, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've talked to the Galaxy. There, by the way, the Galaxy PR staff won PR staff of the year for they, MLS this year. So they did. Congratulations there for that. Good job to um, those guys. But they, uh, I think, because of Jacob's birth, they knew that you were gone. They have made very little news this month, and I talked to them just the other. Well, I talked to them today, the PR staff again, and they don't expect to make any announcements until after the first of the year. That doesn't mean they're not doing things, and that doesn't mean they're not signing players, which we'll talk about. But uh, I think because of Jacob's birth and knowing that the Galaxy podcast was sort of in uh, hiatus for a while, right? They are not expected to make any more announcements until the first of the year. So we'll see if they hold to that. Yeah, I was going to say everybody gets a little bit of time off for for the holidays, and then they'll go uh, rapid fire. I'm sure. Well, they, to go back. Uh, we have to go back about, oh, 12 days or so even. Uh, we have to talk about one deal they did announce. In fact, a couple deals they did announce. We talked to you about Sebastian Legette signing. Everybody knew that he signed a new contract and that now he's back with the LA Galaxy. But the LA Galaxy did re-sign another player. And then they also got a free agent who we had heard was coming to the LA Galaxy for a little while as well. So uh, Sasha, Sasha Kleschen signed a free agent deal with the LA Galaxy. The 34-year-old midfielder coming from Orlando, um, where he had, I would say, what would be a, a very off year last year with just 23 games played and just 13 games started, only 1,300 minutes um, played, but uh, uh, 34-year-old Sasha Kleschen now with the LA Galaxy as a free agent, uh, looking sort of in that in that box-to-box midfielder role, maybe somebody you could eventually pair with Jonathan Dos Santos, maybe not a, a out-and-out starter, depending on what formation uh, you put out there and what players you have available, um, but the LA Galaxy uh, get uh, Sasha Kleschen, who I, I'm going to guess, Kevin, uh, and I haven't talked to him yet, but I want to talk to him soon. Uh, hopefully get him on the show. But I have to guess, wanted to come home at the end of his career. He's a Huntington Beach native. So uh, getting him back uh, to Southern California, um, whether that was uh, with LAFC or LA Galaxy, was probably a priority for him. So he lands with the LA Galaxy, uh, which I think is a is a really good sort of pickup for the LA Galaxy, obviously depending on money and a whole bunch of other things. Well, we'll talk about this in a minute, but it kind of fits the MO of the Galaxy are becoming sort of an old team. I mean, you talk about Steris we signing, he's 29, Giancarlo Gonzalez, 31, Ralph Felcher, 29, Bingham is 30, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos is going is, is gonna to turn 30 in April, I believe, uh, Corona's 31, Sasha now 34. If, if Ramon comes back, he'll be 31 in April. So um, the, the team is getting old, and the rest of the league is getting young, and it's kind of an interesting way they're doing it. And some of the guys will talk about that they're talking about signing. They're all signing them to one-year contracts with an option, and that's interesting to me. Yes, they're over 30, and it's probably a safe thing to do that. But you wonder if a lot of this is place-setting, if the, if the Galaxy has an idea where they want to go going forward, but they're not there yet. Um, it just seems odd that they're signing so many players that are at 30 or over 30. Yeah, but I mean, some of these aren't really signings that are that old or, or that type of thing. First of all, like defenders at 30 is not necessarily the same thing as, you know, a striker at 30 or 31 or 32. 34 is getting up there for a midfielder, but I also don't think that Sasha Kleschen is a surefire starter for this team. I don't think he's a starter. I think he sort of fits that Chris Pontius coming off the bench and being, a, a you know, a providing some experience, how to close out games late or how to come back. And you remember Alan Gordon was really good at that, uh, coming in late 
late in a game and either uh, closing the game out or, or bringing the Galaxy back. Uh, Sasha can certainly do that. I, I do think he's coming in as depth. I agree with you. Um, and, you know, the, it, you don't get experience by being 26. So uh, it makes sense for him to be 34 and being brought in for experience. Yeah. And again, yeah, my, I imagine that this is more of, you know, a sweetheart deal in terms of that the Galaxy were more than willing to put him on as long as the salary was under a certain constraint and a whole bunch of things. Because at 34, you're not exactly or you shouldn't be breaking the bank for a guy who seems to have crested at least uh, his peak in 2018 um, and 2017. Um, some real great years with the New York Red Bulls and off with Orlando. And Orlando's been a bit of a dumpster fire at times, too. So it's always tough to sort of tell how much of that is the players, how much is the organization, how much is, you know, any of those different things. So, um, you know, it, I think it's a good pickup. It could end up being a value pickup for the LA Galaxy. Uh, he could end up, if there's an injury anywhere in the midfield, he could end up being a starter. Um, so in my mind, it seems like the Galaxy are building some depth with this move. And, and I think it's a good move. Um, well, he's been an attacking midfielder. He's been a defensive midfielder. He, he, as you said, he plays box to box. He really is that perfect uh, depth pickup because he can play anywhere well, in the midfield. Yeah, it, it certainly seems that way. Um, if we go on to the next uh, sort of re-signing, a guy who we told you would more than likely re-sign, and it just seemed it was a matter of time, and, and in fact, it played out that way. Daniel Stairs. Um, coming back, 29-year-old resigns with the LA Galaxy on a, I believe, what is a multi-year deal. Um, it's always a multi-year deal, even if it's one year plus an option. It's still a multi-year deal because they'll consider that two years. Um, Stare is, uh, Kevin, the, the most consistent defender for the LA Galaxy this year. The most consistent returning defender for the LA Galaxy, for sure, uh, with Polenta not returning. Uh, I had him, I think, as one of the best defenders on the team last year, and whether or not this is sort of one of those years you can say that the LA Galaxy didn't have a great defense, and therefore anybody, even somebody who's really good, um, whenever they're really bad, doesn't really uh, fit the bill. In my mind, uh, Dan Saris was a bright spot on the LA Galaxy's defense for most of this year, scored three goals with the LA Galaxy last year. That uh, makes him the top returning scorer, by the way. It, it makes 100% sense just with uh, with everything going on. And with Zlatan Ibrahimovic scoring most of the LA Galaxy's goal. Um, so, you know, in my mind, this is an, a move I expected the LA Galaxy to make. It's a move that I expect, um, you know, that, that Steris should still be a starter. But it's going to be interesting to see what else the LA Galaxy do and if they continue to sort of revamp the defense or bring in some other defenders. And we certainly have some defenders coming in. Uh, at least one for sure we can talk about in the rumors towards the end and not even much of a rumor, but we'll talk about that. Um, but there's some other rumored defenders coming in as well. And so can Dan Starris sort of maintain that starting role going into this with what I would expect to be, Kevin, a, a substantial raise from what he was making last year? I don't know that for sure, but I feel like if they wanted to keep him, they wanted to put him back, that he would end up getting more more money than he was making last year. And I don't think that's much of a stretch. Yeah, I would like. I'd like to see that salary mainly because Dan Steris has kind of been in that Dave Romney role a little bit, in that every year he comes in and it's like you got a challenge for your starting spot. Nothing's guaranteed to you. You got to earn it, and he does. And it's been like what three years in a row now where he's earned that starting spot and he's played really well. But it's always appeared like he's on the bubble. And again, we have him coming back in with Giancarlo Gonzalez, and we'll talk about the possibility of another center back coming in, which looks to me another player they're bringing in to challenge Daniel Steris. Uh, but if they if they gave him a, a good bump in salary, that would seem to indicate that he's proved his worth. It, it I mean, he definitely deserves the starting spot, seems to me, unless they bring in some all-world guy that we uh, 
not on our radar right now. Yeah, 30 games played, 30 games started for Dan Stares. Uh Three goals, 2,615 minutes. Uh, had the one red card, of course. Um, but in, in 2019, like I said, I don't think that you had a better defender on the LA Galaxy. Diego Polenta was more flashier. Uh, he wasn't as consistent as Dan Steris was, though. Uh, certainly not up and down. And, and how do the LA Galaxy rebuild this defense if you figure that Rolf Felcher is going to be back on the right side? If you figure that Giancarlo Gonzalez, who was a large disappointment in 2019, um, you know, comes back into this lineup, is now partnered with uh, Dan Steris. And then, um, you know, you sort of have those three, and then whoever is going to be your left back, um, those are sort of questions of did they really revamp the defense enough that there's going to be significant improvement where there needs to be a significant significant improvement for the LA Galaxy. And Julian Araujo is going to play a lot of minutes too, probably in place of Felcher. But they uh, beyond that, they, they definitely need some depth. They do. The depth is uh, is the important part, uh, revamping, sort of trying to uh, get away from all those goals that they allowed in uh, in 2019. Uh, so not a good defense in 2019. So anything they can do this offseason to revamp, to add, and to add depth is, should you know pay some dividends, even though they did a lot of that, by the way, in 2019 uh, in the offseason to bring in a whole bunch of defenders. It just the pieces didn't always fit together uh, whenever they wanted to. Uh, let's go to a, another move the LA Galaxy made, Kevin, that is, uh, I don't know, it's head-scratching. It's one of those, it's not head-scratching in terms of why they do it. It's more head-scratching in terms of why does MLS do this stuff, so that way it's just, it's crazy. I just want to know, I just want to put this out here so everybody understands that the LA Galaxy acquired an MLS super draft pick from Cincinnati in exchange for the homegrown rights to Zico Bailey. That's, that's, so they didn't get the player, they got his homegrown rights which, by the way, whenever homegrown players were first sort of announced and entered into Major League Soccer, Kevin, it was sort of explained to us, well, it's when they sign their first professional contract with Major League Soccer, that's why we call them a homegrown. It has to be their first professional contract. And if you remember, Jack McBean signed um, as, you know, as his first professional contract, and you're like, okay, that makes sense. So now they have his homegrown rights. And then Jack McBean actually went down and was not renewed by the LA Galaxy and went down to LA Galaxy 2. So he signed a professional contract technically with another team with LA Galaxy 2 and was not listed as a homegrown anymore. And then they re-signed him to the senior team and somehow got his homegrown rights back again. There's just, it, it's always been sort of a, a little fluid situation of exactly how they explain what homegrown is and what those rights are. But uh, apparently the rights can now follow a player to a different team entirely. And that's what has happened here. And I'm sure it's happened in other places. We just don't pay attention to it. Um, but well, let me say, I understand absolutely nothing what you just said. And I think probably 90% of the people did, uh, are with me. And this is why MLS struggles, especially in this time of year, when we get the transfer window opening to, you know, people are building their, their rosters and nobody understands the rule. This guy gets tam. This guy gets jammed. Their, the salary cap is going up, but yeah. how high? What's the maximum salary charge per player? How much tam and jam money do teams have? We yep. don't know. No one tells us. Yep. Even the uh, uh, competitive, you know, we don't know. The Galaxy front office, Dennis DeClosa, does not know how much uh, jam or tam money Seattle has, for example. They technically do. We, we've talked about this. They technically do. I got told this specifically, and it was always like, well, then why is it a competitive advantage not to tell everybody else if all the other teams know what your jam and tam is because they have a spreadsheet that goes around because uh, I w it was explained to me that the reason that a spreadsheet goes around with those numbers on it to the other teams is that way you know before you even get into the discussion with that team whether or not they have the amount of money that you're looking to get for something or, or blah 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 or other things like that so you don't waste your time 
uh, basically. But they, but so then, it, by the way, Kevin, that only amplifies your it doesn't make any sense. Because if the teams know how much jam and tam they have for each other, why don't they just tell everybody else? You look at what's going on with baseball right now with Scott Boris and, and his uh, all of his players signing over a billion dollars worth of contracts in this offseason. It's in the paper every day. It's on SportsCenter. If people are talking about it, even if you're not a baseball fan, it's interesting seeing these guys change teams. You can't do that. I mean, even people like you who follow it, I know that you've gone up to, to uh, team officials at certain times and said, hey, are you going to sign this guy? And they'll tell you, oh, we don't have an international spot or the, his homegrown rights belong to somebody else or whatever esoteric rule they have. And it, it, I just I think it dampens the fans' interest because they they can't sort of think along with Dennis DeClosa or, or 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 you know John Thorrington or whomever and sort of put together their own teams because they don't know the rules. Yeah, it's it's abstract. I mean, you know, people ask me all the time, well, how much money does the LA Galaxy have? I, I don't know. I have no clue. And I follow this pretty closely. I'm sure there's people out there who can put spreadsheets together and get even closer than I can. But I find it's not worth it because you're never going to get exacting. You don't know. I mean, just one of the things that we don't know is like, okay, so Tam was used to sign this player. Okay, Kevin, now if there's a max budget of $530,000, did the LA Galaxy just pay enough to get down to the $529,000? Or did they pay more because there's more of a cap offset whenever you do that? Um, so you don't know those things. And so even when you guess, you can't guess correctly because there's too many variables within all these things. So anyway, the homegrown rights got traded for Zico Bailey. The only thing that you really need to know about this is that if Bailey meets certain MLS criteria, probably games played or, or something else, uh, then the LA Galaxy would then get $50,000 in, I believe, general allocation money. Who knows? Um, but that's just, again, one of those things that happened. It was a trade. It happened. And we move on from that, basically. Um, you know, there was also, um, there was also a pickup, um, Danilo Acosta as well. I think in the second stage of the re-entry draft, the LA Galaxy picked up, uh, uh, his rights. Um, and it wasn't the re-entry draft. I think it was the waiver draft. It was one of those drafts whenever so it was you, going you, through. You can't yeah. even keep track of the draft. Oh, I can't. It's, it's, you know, and especially being that I wasn't like, you know, glued to the computer the whole time either. I actually have it on the, on the off season rumor tracker and, and all that stuff, um, is right. You can find, uh, basically where, uh, where they picked him up, but they have his rights. Um, and I see people all automatically, um, and by the way, it was the waiver draft. Um, I see people automatically saying that, you know, Acosta is going to be placed on the roster, and that's not what that means either. The LA Galaxy currently have his rights, and if he decides to play for the LA Galaxy and they can work out a contract, then yes, Danilo Acosta will be on the LA Galaxy, which I think you would place in like the 90 95%. Um, in terms of you know him being added to the roster, but there's no guarantee he gets added to the roster right now. Um, so my roster, which currently stands at 17 players, including Jorgen Shelvik, um, and I had it checked by the LA Galaxy uh, in terms of uh, it being correct, so my roster doesn't have Danilo Acosta on it because he has not been added to the roster yet. Well, first of all, the LA Galaxy should be asking you to check their <laughs> roster because I just went on the website not long ago. They don't even have Sasha on there yet. Yeah. Um, a lot of times probably still on there. I missed them. But, uh, you know, I mean, PR staff of the year update your roster you guys you know a little prop here to you if anybody really wants to know what's going on the stuff under the corner galaxy website with the salary and the rumor trackers and all that that's better than you're going to find anywhere else and i know you're you're sort of joking about not understanding the salary rules but some of the stuff you put up there um is you know may not be 100 accurate you know ziggy schmidt told me one time that he was trying to buy a player and there was actually extra money that the galaxy were credited with having that they didn't have, that the league just made a mistake. And, and so Ziggy went out and tried to buy a player with money that technically the team didn't have. So I, I say that only in a way to say, 
that your stuff online is by far the closest to accurate that anyone's going to find anywhere. It's probably probably Dennis uses your figures as well. I'm, I would guess. I'm sure. I'm sure he does. I'm sure that's what he, he goes to cornerofthegalaxy.com all the time. Um, so uh, that's what we have on uh, on that. I, I will tell you that you know one of the things that gets picked up in this is a fourth round pick from Cincinnati in the Super Draft. And the Super Draft this year was just cleavered by Major League Soccer, uh, Kevin. It wasn't very super at it, all. It, well, I mean, it won't be. Um, and and I think, by the way, I don't think that that's wrong. I think that the importance of the, of the draft, this college draft coming out uh, for Major League Soccer has diminished to the point where teams pass in the later rounds. So this fourth round pick from the LA Galaxy, they may never even pick anybody. Um, but for, in terms of having it you know, at a big convention center uh, and having this big thing, that's gone. It's not it's not happening anymore, and whether or not that ever comes back, I doubt it ever will. Um, they had a player combine in, in rally, I, I think the 13th through the 15th, that had you know college players go there that teams could go check out and see if they wanted anybody. Uh, but the super draft itself is going to be is basically been relegated to a Twitter um, a Twitter feed. Uh, it will be a, a video that's placed on Twitter, and it's being co-produced by ESPN and and Major League Soccer. But it's not being aired uh, anywhere that I know of on ESPN, and that's certainly not what I read in the announcement. Um, so for the most part, it's going to be on Twitter and you you have it there and you can go watch it. And there's going to be a bunch of remote cameras, Kevin. There's not nobody's in the same room. So they'll have a camera inside the L.A. Galaxy draft room, which will probably be over at Dig Dig Hell Sports Park. Um, and then if they pick a player, they might have cameras in the players, you know, area for at least some of the top players they have. They'll have cameras that they just like throw feeds into to say, oh, hey, yeah, thanks. You know, and you'll have players. So it's going to be like a, a Google Hangout more than it is, you know, this this draft thing. If Jacob were, were not one of the players that might be drafted, why would you watch that? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. No, it do, it doesn't make any sense to me. I it, it does make sense to me in terms of the the importance of the draft is gone. So why make it a big deal? I mean, you know, you're seeing that most of the first round draft picks probably don't make it in Major League Soccer. Uh, you know, you have guys like uh, Tomas Hilliard Arce who was drafted pretty high by the LA Galaxy, who's I I don't see a starting role for the LA Galaxy, um, or even a significant you know substitution role right now with the LA. Galaxy. So um, even whenever you're getting these highest ranked college players, you're not getting any, you know, big, you know, this isn't Jossie Zardes who just before the draft, even though he didn't go in the draft because he was signed as a homegrown grown player, went on TV at the draft, says my skills are going to blow your mind. Um, that's the, and, and then he goes out and he plays and he starts. I mean, that stuff, it seems like it's not happening as much. Um, so I think the de-emphasis of the MLS Super Draft is probably a good thing. Uh, it means that MLS is is certainly shopping more on the world market um, and that they're not relying on this college draft anymore. Maybe it's sad for college soccer that needs a major revamp anyway. Um, but however you say it, the MLS Super Draft is, is adios. Uh, there's no more of that. So you can, you can catch it. I think it's on January 9th, uh, and it'll start at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, you can catch it on Twitter and basically watch what's going down. You can see who the LA Galaxy pick, and we'll have coverage of it on the website and all that fun stuff. But it's not this big, huge thing that it was before. I will not be watching. I, I, <laughs> just wait for the results. Wait, yeah. for, wait for the uh, press that's release. Right. That's that's one of those. Um, all right, so we go uh, onward in, as we continue down the announcements for the LA Galaxy. Excuse me. Uh, the announcements for the LA Galaxy. We move closer, obviously, to the rumors that we want to get to and tell you um, where we see a possibility of lots uh, of rumors. Lots of rumors. Yes, I was. I, w- I will agree with that. Um, so we have those coming up, uh, but there's a couple more announcements we need to go to, including the schedule. Um, but first, the safe standing area. Remember, this is on the north side of the stadium. The LA Galaxy launching a uh, a new safe standing area. On that's that- where the Raiders fans were sitting. That's on Sunday. On when the last uh, the last game for the uh, yeah. Actually, for- the Raiders fans were sitting everywhere. 
so that's not true. Yeah, it was good. They were all over the stadium. Uh, the LA Chargers, last game for at Dignity Health Sports Park for the LA Chargers, I believe. That's what everybody says. Not the last football game. Not the last football, football game. game. Which LA Wildcats oh, are yeah, coming. That's right. The XFL is, is, is still going on there right now, too. Um, so, yeah, that, that'll still happen at Dignity Health Sports Park. The Chargers are out, um, it seems now. Uh, they will go over to SoFi Stadium and be a tenant over there for, with the Rams. Uh, the Rams and, and Kroenke uh, owning that stadium. So that's all happening. But the LA Galaxy now revamping that north stand. Uh, the safe standing area gets a name. They actually named it. Now, you remember on the north side of that stadium, there is Victoria Street, which some of us use to enter and exit um, Dignity Health Sports Park. Um, and so I always figured that there might be a tie-in. And I think we talked about that at one time, you know, whenever we were discussing different names for the actual stadium, you know, Victoria Street and sort of how that goes. And in sort of the the European uh, way of, of naming blocks or naming, uh, naming stands after the streets, that are, or at least the directions that they're on, different ways that sort of happens, um, you see that the new safe standing area and that name gets the Victoria Block moniker. Uh, Is that what it was? I thought it was Victoria Beckham. No, no, that's not it. Not, the not posh, posh. posh standing. The not posh stands. No, the Victoria Block will be the home of Angel City Brigade, the Galaxians, and the new LA Galaxy supporters group over there in the north end, uh, the Galaxy Outlaws. Um, so I, I don't know much about them, so hopefully I'll get to learn some about them and, and talk to some of the Outlaws and, and figure out what they're all about. Maybe we'll have some on the show, that type of thing. We'll do it. Um, but there are those three groups will be there on the north end, LA Riot squad stays in its southeast corner there so um that's sort of uh sort of a fun thing i know that they had an open house where they sort of uh, all the supporters had an open house where everybody got together uh, a couple weeks ago i'm sorry i didn't make it to it i was actually trying to think about if i could sneak away with you know a five or six day old baby uh my wife thought that was really humorous of me to even think that so um all that stuff but that's going on uh they will also be in a community open training session on saturday february 8th to get the first look look at the victoria block so uh, everybody can put that in their calendar. Isn't there like well. a barbecue associated with that? I think that was the the open supporters thing that happened oh, okay. a couple weeks ago or, or maybe last week. I honestly don't even know what day it is most of the time. So um, don't ask me. Um, but yeah, that's that seems there's a different open training session that's coming up on February 8th uh, where I think all the work will be done there. Um, and you actually get to go take a look and see what it actually looks like instead of just the renderings that have popped up and all that fun stuff. So um, should be a good time. I, I think people will enjoy it. Um, so we'll see how that happens. Uh, that goes as well it's long overdue it is it is and and it's it's good that's a good place and i think that'll add a a good sort of um atmosphere there on the north end as well it's already a good atmosphere there i think it just helps and i think that the supporters have been banging on the la galaxy to get this done for years uh the fact that it finally got across the line is great for them and hopefully and the, the berm is now history it's not gone the way of the super draft because i love the berm back in the berm days i imagine the berm is still going to be there in fact the berm should be now reopened with grass and no seats yeah again. i love that berm yeah i think the grass i think this berm stays uh the the victoria blocks just south of that um yeah. or underneath that i should say right uh, yeah so you'll still be able to sit on the berm at the top of the berm at least and watch the games yes on, on the very rare occasion remember if one person hits the grass it's twenty seven thousand person sellout that's that's how it <laughs> that's always right. worked right exactly. one person on the grass twenty seven thousand. uh so that's how that goes all right la galaxy schedule release as well um again a busy sort of build up to all this stuff but the la galaxy's 2020 schedule was released um there's a whole bunch of interesting things to sort of take away with this um i'll I'll tell you right now, May is this this month from hell. 
um, with seven games, including two uh, three-game weeks. So a game uh, weeks where you play uh, three games in, in a single week. And as a matter of fact, I haven't seen much of these before, Kevin. There are there five times in the schedule the LA Galaxy play three games in a week. Okay, so not ridiculous, um, but it's it's something, and you certainly have to watch this. And in May they'll do it twice, so uh, that's scary. But there are two times in this schedule where they play a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday instead of a Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday. Um, and those are going to be that's that's what we call um, you know three games in 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 seven days. But um, you know what the 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 travel in May I, I know it's a ton of games, but the travel thankfully is light. I mean they go to Portland and then go to Colorado four days later, so that's one trip. Then there uh, another away game is at LAFC, so they don't have to leave the city, mm-hmm. and then they go to Salt Lake. So yep. I mean you know they in that span they play the New York Red Bulls and DC United. If they had to make both those games on the road, that would be horrible. But unfortunately, both those games will be at home. I, I don't think I remember seeing this, but there are only games on three days of the week this year, at least so far. We'll see how it changes. But um, right now it's just Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, five games on Wednesday, so only five midweek games right now. And somebody asked me a great question, and they said, hey, you know, with the CBA, and we've talked a bunch about the collective bargaining agreement and how it's not done and how, I don't know, Kevin, you and I both feel like there's probably a pretty good chance that there's a work stoppage to start this year, right? Yeah. Uh, that's that. I'm not going out on the limb saying that. That's something we've been saying. So if there is a work stoppage, somebody says, does it look like MLS sort of padded the schedule at all in order to see where they could do it? And I'll tell you, uh, one of the things that I found was that the LA Galaxy don't have any midweek games um, after July 1st. So there are no midweek games after July 1st. All of the Wednesday games, all five of them, get played between April and July 1st. Okay, so in my mind, that means that the schedule has been built in to have midweek games being able to be played um, on the back end of the schedule. Um, now, having said that, there's also Leagues Cup and U.S. Open Cup and all sorts of fun things that you get to throw in there as well. Um, so we'll see how that actually plans out. But there could be a, a, a the way the schedule's laid out, that could be some hedging by Major League Soccer to say, OK, so if our season doesn't start on time, um, which is a real possibility. Um, if, if it doesn't start on time, then then maybe just maybe um, we could add some midweek games in towards the end of the schedule to sort of still play a 34 game schedule if everything doesn't start right away. Well, and Jassy's artists will not be coming in this year. The Galaxy will not play Columbus. Yeah, they don't play Columbus, Montreal, and who's the other one? I can't remember who the other one is. It's in my no- It's in my article. I wrote it. Yeah, we haven't. The reason that is is because with two new expansion teams, the schedule will be unbalanced. Where uh, Western Conference teams will play each other. Uh, all the other Western Conference teams twice, home and away. But that leaves them with only 10 uh, Eastern Conference games, and they are 13 teams. So they will play only 10 of the 13 uh, Eastern Conference teams. They will miss Columbus, Montreal, and a team to be to be named or to be remembered. We can't remember who it is. Right <laughs> yeah, it was really a big deal for us. I could tell uh, that we were yeah. that we were worried uh, to see. Uh, I'm trying to think if they were, if they, I... they do play uh, Inter Miami. They play David Beckham's New Inter England. Miami. It's New they England. How could we forget Bruce Arena in New England? Colum- oh, New England. They it's, don't play Bruce Arena. Yeah, Columbus, Montreal, and New England. Those are the uh, the three that they do not play. And like you said, uh, Nashville. By the way, comes in as a new team. We talked about that when Dave Romney uh, joined there and was traded to Nashville. Um, but Nashville joins the Western Conference, which means the LA Galaxy will play them twice. They'll um, go to Music City once. They will. They will there and uh, there and back. Uh, this whole thing starts, by the way, the whole season starts on February 29th. Um, so starting on Leap Day, which is yeah, always... Yeah, earliest fun. start ever. And it's surprising that uh, Miami is not coming here so that, you know, David could see the Victoria Park 
Beckham stand. Stand on, yeah, uh-huh, yep, good way to reach for that one. That one, <laughs> that one was nice and smooth. Uh, but yeah, Inter Miami is a highlight on March 14th. Uh, the LAFC games, uh, Saturday, May 16th, for the first time ever in the rivalry between these two teams. The first game of the season will be played at Bank of California Stadium. Uh, all the other times, the LA Galaxy have hosted the first game, so uh, they will now go to LAFC on May 16th. Uh, by the way, there are, if I'm correct, five over-the-air games for the LA Galaxy, which I think is something that people really should pay attention to um, because I don't remember there being five over-the-air games for the LA Galaxy before. But if you look, uh, 17 nationally televised games overall, there are three games being played on ABC, so not ESPN. A, a but, lot of ABC games this year throughout the league. Yeah, uh, that, and that's that's a that's a change. That's a big change from how what we've seen over the years. It's good that you're getting that the, the three-letter network uh, sort of uh, support there. ABC, uh, three games, and then Fox, Big Fox, F-O-X Fox, not F-S-1, but Big Fox, two games for the LA Galaxy as well. So five over the air games for the LA Galaxy um, and then you have 17 total nationally televised games which Kevin means that there are only 17 games that will be played on Spectrum this year at least so far we'll see if any more get picked up um, but that means 17 games for the LA Galaxy as well um, and that means that if I counted correctly one two three four five six there are only six games this year that are away games that Spectrum will have to actually cover uh, and this is the—is this the last year that con, con or the contract? Twenty twenty. I think it expires in twenty twenty one. Okay, so, so it's been—they're paying five point five million dollars for, you know, half the season. Yeah, half the season, and uh, if you look at it ratings wise, you would imagine their ratings would be higher on away games, right, Kevin? Because that the majority of people who want to go to the game actually just go to the game at home games. Um, and so you know that you you take away your fifteen thousand something people that might watch otherwise. Well, in this particular case, uh, there's only six games that you actually have to rely on Spectrum for this year, which. I think you and I, at least I'll speak for myself just in case it wasn't you as well, but I've said that Spectrum's product has sort of gone down the tank um, whenever it comes to covering the LA Galaxy now for years. Uh, the only really pluses there are, are the crew that covers it, including, uh, you know, Kobe Jones and Joe Gettino uh, and, and Megan Riza as well. And I forget she got married and now she has a hyphenated last name and I screwed that up, Megan, and I'll remember it eventually. Uh, but anyway, so, I mean, that's sort of the highlight of that. Otherwise, I've thought that the production quality of those those the the entire sort of uh, game days thing has just gone completely south and spectrum well, yeah they came out of the gate really fast but then you know they're on the same network with the Lakers and I think the Lakers just sucked all the air out of the room you know the whole backstage gal uh, galaxy stuff and all that they used to do in Spanish as well mm -hmm. um, is really really dwindled I mean I, I think they really had high hopes and they just they they just didn't get the ratings and by the way you speak about people that want to see the games when it's at home they don't stay home and watch it. We've talked about this before, maybe not on the air, but the Galaxy season ticket base is, is pretty small uh, compared to some of the other yeah. teams in the league, especially in the Western Conference. Yet they still average over on you know nearly 23,000 a game. It'd be really interesting to see if there were figures on what their walk-up is because it's got to be, uh, for the teams that play in soccer-specific stadiums, you can't compare uh, attendance here to uh, Seattle or 
or Atlanta because they have a lot more you know walk up tickets available. But it's got to be one of the highest rates in the league for walk up attendance. You know, kid, people that just say, "Hey, tomorrow there's a MLS game, uh, you know, out in Carson. I'm going to go out and see that. I'm going to go uh, stand in line and buy a ticket for that game." Yeah, I mean, it has to. I, we always say, you know, let's give the LA Galaxy more season ticket holders than they have, and say that they have you know twelve thousand season ticket holders, which uh, they don't, which yeah, they're not even close to that. Yeah, I, I don't believe they are. Um, I don't remember what the actual number is anymore. It's around nine. Yeah, nine ninety five. 500, I think is is right around what they what they said at one time. I heard 7,200 at one point. So yeah, um, as you put it, but let's say the Galaxy have 12, um, and you know they're getting 23. So that means what 11,000 people have either you know bought tickets in some sort of package that isn't season ticket, have advanced purchased and or walked up to that game. And I'm telling you, the walk ups are a significant portion of that um, as as they come in. So anyway, all interesting for the for the games. I know there's been some gripes, Kevin. Um, and there's always gripes um, as it goes. Uh, there are six home games that kick off before 2.30 p.m. Um, at Dignity Health Sports Park. Uh, that means those are usually weekend games. That also means, by the way, those are usually nationally televised games. So with 17 nationally televised games, whenever it's nationally televised, they determine what the schedule is and when they kick off. Uh, Do you realize how good that is for deadline? <laughs> you, I know everybody. I, I, Larry, <laughs> Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, jumped up and down, I'm sure, whenever they, uh, whenever they said that as well, because he loves early games. Scott French loves them early games. Uh, for some fans, obviously, looking at that, I, you know, the, the bread and butter really should be uh, the Saturday games, those Saturday night games and there's only eight Saturday night games uh, or excuse me Saturday games overall and some of those aren't at night so it's it's I, I always think that if you're looking for the you know most packed stadium it's always Saturday night games because that's in LA when people want to go out when they have time to go out when they have time to get through the traffic and when they want to do it Saturday night a 7 7 30 kickoff time even an 8 p.m. kickoff time is great uh, people show up for that you do that any other time um, and the attendance hits uh, you can see it. So Sunday games as well, not as not as popular. There are ten Sunday games for the LA Galaxy, seven home games. Um, so eight home games on Saturday, seven home games on Sunday, um, and then two home games. It looks like on Wednesday for the LA Galaxy. Uh, whenever you look at sort of the different and distributions, the 25th there. annual July 4th game. Yeah, that's hurting them. I'm I'm ready to be done with it. I'm ready. I'm, well, I think my wife is ready to be done with it too. But I'm ready to be done with that July 4th game. I know it is a thing. Um, and I know it's always been a thing, but it has cost the LA Galaxy in recent years whenever you look at the schedule congestion that comes with mandatorily having to play on July 4th and then also having to pick up the other games uh, around it. So, uh, you know, a June 27th game, a July 4th game, a July 11th game, those are back to back to back. And again, um, you know, however magically San Jose seems to always schedule themselves, um, you know, around these things. And in fact, I can even do a better uh, job of telling you all, all the games that are going on. Um, yeah, a June 21st game, a June 27th, a July 1st, a July 4th, a July 11th, and a July 18th. I mean, these are rapid fire games that are just coming back and forth. And as I was mentioning, San Jose, San Jose will once again do their giant cash grab at Stanford Stadium on June 27th because they always like to have it right around the time when it's 4th of July as well, because they do 4th of July fireworks and they invite all the people and blah, 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 blah. They have that cash grab. And then the LA Galaxy mandatorily will play on July, on a Wednesday, July 1st, and then play Saturday again. So that's a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday for the LA Galaxy right around July 4th. And if they just decided that they didn't want to play on July 4th, which by the way is a Saturday this year, um, so they probably would have played on it anyway. Um, but if they if they decided they didn't have to play on July 4th, Kevin, and didn't have to host a game, maybe their schedule would be a little bit lighter around July. Because right now, every year, it seems like the Galaxy get punished by having that July 4th game. 
And if, you know, if Guillermo keeps signing guys from Argentina, July 4th is not going to mean that much anyways. <laughs> it's going to be, we're Argentina North right now. Uh, it seems to be for the LA Galaxy, which is uh, always interesting as well. I'm trying to think, is there anything else that sort of pops out at you? Uh, I, I, I Disappointedly, I think Fox Sports 1, FS1, will host more games than ESPN in terms of nationally televised. Uh, ESPN does a much better job of producing their games, of showing their games, and of getting ratings for their games than F- FS1 does. Uh, FS1 does not get the ratings, and I don't think the production quality is there as well so uh, all interesting five games on Spanish language uh, as well so you have the the Unamas and the Univision uh, those are all there as well so you'll get five games on those two networks um, just- Atlanta is coming in we'll get Atlanta here New York Red Bulls will be here um, those are good games Unfortunately, they're going, you know, other uh, visiting teams that you might want to see at Miami. The Galaxy travels to Miami. Miami did come in here. Philadelphia does not come in here. Right. Um, uh, New York City does not come in here. Um, that's unfortunate. You know, people want to see those teams. But so, it, 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 you know, those games will all be on the road. We do get the new team, Nashville, and obviously MLS champion uh, Seattle Sounders because they're in the conference. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this right now, and I know there's people who argued against it, and uh, I think that, that it's ridiculous you argued against this. The supporter shield's dead. All right. There's no such thing as a supporter shield anymore unless they go to each conference gets one and you only count in conference games. And even that sort of, you know, throws in a a unbalanced uh, uh, look at that because, you know, it depends on who you play before and who you play after and blah, 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 all these other things. But um, there's no such thing as a balanced schedule in Major League Soccer. Uh, There really hasn't been. Um, and now this makes it even more so. And so as far as I'm concerned, the supporter shield is absolutely 100% dead. Uh, there's no way that you don't play three teams and you're going to still crown somebody a regular season champion. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. And the fact you don't play everybody twice in, in a balanced schedule to crown a regular season champion, it, it doesn't mean anything. And and so for me, uh, I know MLS will keep it because they've always had it. Uh, I would get two and do it by conference and conference. At least it's somewhat palatable that way. But the, the supporter shield's dead. It means nothing. Well, here's here's one way they might get around it when they do. Uh, you know, Charlotte was just announced during the baby break. Charlotte was announced as the 30th team. When they come in, you'll have 30 teams. What if they were to, to separate it into three conferences um, and play 38 games, which would be tough if they want to keep oh. this compacted schedule. It'd be impossible if they'd yeah. have to expand the schedule. But if they went to, that way, then you played, uh, you know, the teams in your conference twice, so the, that's 18 games, and then uh, you play each of the other two conferences one game against each. That would be 38 games, which is a, the size of most of the European leagues. So you play 38 games, you play everybody in the league at least once, teams in your conference twice. Then the supporter shield might mean a little bit more, but yeah, when you don't even play three teams, like for example, LAFC is the defending supporter shield winner. They're not going to play Toronto, uh, you know, a team that went to MLS Cup final. They're not going to play them. So they get that's essentially they they kind of get three points by not having to play one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, it's it's just. Uh anymore i can't i can't handle it with and the people trying to defend it no it's a one one person told me it's the one thing that ties major league soccer to the rest of the world i said and i'm like no it doesn't because the rest of the world plays balanced schedules in order to figure out who their regular season champion is and mls does not and has not and will not probably ever again uh and 38 games is a lot of games man that's that's a ton so 34 i think is where it stays i don't think they're ever moving off the 34 because you have all the extracurricular games now too with Concacaf champions league with leagues cup um with everything else that they want to do in there it just it's bye-bye supporter shield it means nothing and i will i will no longer worry about that 
um, in terms of something that needs to be reported on or talked about or blah, 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 or anything else. And if the LA Galaxy win it, I will have the same exact opinion, by the way. No, you it won't. Means if they're ahead of the, if nothing. They're in the shield, if they're leading the shield standings in the middle of the it season, means, you're going to be all over it. It means nothing. I'll be like, yeah, they they just won the supporter shield, and it means nothing because it's not a balanced schedule. Hey, that's great. You're doing a great job. Hey, you know what the better part of that is? Galaxy fans would be excited because that means that they would be first in the Western Conference and get those first round buys and you know be on their way. That's the good part about all this is whenever you focus it uh, like that. All right. Uh, rumors time. Ding, ding, ding. Everybody's finally uh, ready. And, and, and they've basically just fast forwarded to this point anyway, Kevin. Um, so let's start with rumors and some that we, you and I both put articles out. This was kind of after baby break. Um, but one that we, uh, I had felt had been building up in support um, and one that seemed more and more likely, and that was uh, Ricardo Centurion, the 26-year-old uh, striker from um, uh, from Argentina. This has been something that has been rumored as uh, as Guillermo Barrascolota has talked about him um, in the past, and you know he's known him in the past, and all these things. And so there seemed to be this momentum building at one point, Kevin. And as a matter of fact, on the rumor tracker, I had it at three stars, which is actually a pretty mid-level rumor in terms of that there's definitely smoke to this fire. We're paying attention. We're going to continue to pay attention. Um, but the problem is, at 26 years old, this dude has <laughs> this is one bad dude. Uh, one ridiculously bad dude. He has so many problems. I don't know why anybody is paying him to play soccer anymore. Um, and and it's crazy. He has domestic violence issues and, and huge domestic violence. I mean, the red flag. Really scary descriptions. Really scary. Super scary. Although I did get absolutely laid out on Reddit because I, apparently my Google Translate and the people who I talked to who are Spanish uh, speakers uh, didn't con- correct my translation of strangled or excuse me, hanged to choked because it was a slang. So anyway, I said that he hanged his girlfriend um, and I was incorrect. So I would like to correct that. Uh, He just merely choked her until she was unconscious. So I'm glad that we got that out there and that we have now corrected that, that wrong that I threatened to kill somebody in a bar fight. He, uh, he's been photographed brandishing guns a number of times, drunk driving Um, issue, a DUI that he apparently fled the scene of. Um, and, and this was a guy that when he came to Boca Juniors, I think he came back from Italy when he came to Boca Juniors and GBS was the coach there. Uh, a lot of this was brought up. The media in Argentina brought it up to him and and the team was trying to or Guillermo was trying to sign him. He was on a loan, I believe, and Guillermo wanted to sign him to a full to a, a regular contract. And the media got all over that. And Guillermo said, look, when he's on the field, he's fine. I don't notice anything different. You know, when he's on the field, that's we pay we pay him to be a player. We don't pay him for the other stuff, which was a hugely tone deaf thing to say. Yeah. Um, but obviously, Guillermo still thinks that he's valuable as a player. I, the story that I wrote, it, it, I thought it was a really great move on the Galaxy's part. Certainly, this is a player for again, what Guillermo said, what he does on the field, he's a, he's a, he fills the need that they and Guillermo's comfortable with him. Both of those are good things. But you know what? The Galaxy, they are the premier franchise in MLS. They, you know, they've won the most titles. They've won the most games. They've had the best players. This is the, they're the New York Yankees, for want of a better term, of MLS soccer. And a signing like this can really tarnish that that image. If you buy the uh, the, the thing that the Galaxy are a little bit in a re- building mode and they're not the number one team in MLS, which some people argue with. But if you buy that, what they have right now is their reputation and their dignity and their class and the fact that they have been the number one franchise in MLS. Don't destroy that by signing a guy who may come in and score a couple of goals and help you win a couple of games, but then tarnish your your image forever. There's a reason the New York Yankees don't let players wear beards and those kind of things. They're trying to hold on to that 
the, the class that, that they developed back in the 50s and 60s when they were winning all the time. The Galaxy need to do that too, and I think it was great that they passed on this guy. Yeah, it seems like they're walking away. Uh, certainly John Rojas is, uh, has been keeping me informed, our, our good buddy John Rojas, who uh, was covering the LA Galaxy now over on the East Coast, um, has been keeping me informed and, and told me about this guy. He was a bad actor. I mean, just as you point out for all the reasons, there's no reason that Guillermo should even want his name associated with this guy anymore um, in terms of what he is. So that seems like that is dying off, which is a good thing because that just, they're, they're, nobody needs to play this, pay this guy to play soccer anymore as far as I'm concerned. Uh, let's talk about another rumor that I blame 100% on a reporter from the LA Times. Uh, Chicharito Javier Hernandez to the LA Galaxy. Uh, Kevin, this is your fault that this is even on the rumor tracker. Um, I don't believe it, it's hap- I don't believe there's even a possibility of it happening. I think, I mean, coincidences and po- connecting dots, you could certainly make an argument for it. You have made that argument, but I'm blaming you for all this because I don't think this is this is within the realm of possibility right now. No, I, it makes a lot of sense. I think I, I think Chicharito eventually comes here. Look, why would he come here? He's over 30 now. He's not He's not even playing at Sevilla. He's not playing regularly at Sevilla. I still think he has some things to give. Uh, La Liga may be a little bit of a difficult uh, reach for him. He's not in the national team picture anymore, so that, that whole uh, conceit where you have to play in Europe to, to you know stay at a competitive level for the Mexican national team or beyond that, which is always kind of a little bit of an insult to uh, MLS anyways, uh, they would certainly take Carlos Vela in a heartbeat. So, um, and... and Chicharito being a good-looking guy, bilingual, the marketing possibilities here are much greater than anything he can make in salary. So I think he does come here. The one thing that may be in the back of the mind, maybe he doesn't come to the Galaxy. The Galaxy could certainly use him. Dennis DeClosa knows him really well. I think, think he would fit into the style of play they want. So all those you can check all those boxes off. But the one other thing that it's kind of uh, in the back of my mind is Sevilla and Mochi, their, their, their sporting director, has a great yet reputation of buying low and selling high. And he got Chicharito for a song. He got him almost for free from West Ham, uh, free in terms of European soccer. So right now he's an asset. If Mochi can flip him for any kind of money at all, uh, I, I think he would do that in a heartbeat. He's a guy that's not playing for them. He's valuable. He's, he's right now an asset for Sevilla in monetary form. So I think they would gladly part with him. We'll see the January transfer window coming up in La Liga and we'll see if there's any interest but I, I agree with you I don't believe that he's coming to Galaxy right away but I do think MLS is definitely in his future and if Sevilla can find a way to make any money on it we're talking like a dollar fifty. I think they would do it in a heartbeat well let's talk about another player who's not coming to the LA Galaxy uh, Edison Cavani we talked about this as the LA Galaxy were interested in were pursuing uh, Cavani they were going to uh, Paris Saint Germain they were going to talk to him all of these reports seem to have been true at one point my thing was, uh, or at least I was told, it seemed like the LA Galaxy wanted to get Cavani for three, for free. His contract is up in summer, um, so they were trying to get PSG to be like, yeah, you can have him. Um, we don't need him because, you know, we're not going to get anything from him this summer anyway. Um, but all of that goes out the wayside, and by the way, it should go out the wayside whenever Cavani signs what looks like a three-year deal with Atletico Madrid. It's unclear whether that will happen in the winter and be a transfer, and whether there's a transfer fee involved, or whether that happens at summertime, but you're talking about you know, 
I don't know. I'm sure I'm going to get this wrong and people will argue with me, but maybe one of the top 10 to top 15 clubs in the world with Atletico Madrid um, and the fact that they're struggling right now and they need a goal scorer and all these other things. Um, of course, Cavani is going to go. You needed Cavani to want to come to Major League Soccer and and you know put up with all the things that Major League Soccer has. And you're not going to do that whenever you have a team like, you know, uh, like Atletico Madrid trying to who say that they want him and that they need him and that they're going to start. I mean, all that stuff means they're going to pay him more money. Um, and, you know, he has a much larger sort of footprint on the global game with Atletico Madrid than he does um, with the LA Galaxy. Those all make sense. I, to me, this is not a loss by the LA Galaxy. People are saying, oh, I can't believe they didn't get it done. Um, this was a you have laid groundwork for Cavani. Um, you know, maybe he goes in the wintertime and he doesn't play at all because they got somebody else and, you know, he falls by the wayside and he's looking for something, even though he signed this three-year deal, he's looking for something to get out and he actually still wants to play. Or maybe it happens next year and maybe you get him for cheaper. I mean, you know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic took forever to get to the LA Galaxy. David Beckham took forever to get to the LA Galaxy, Kevin. This, in my mind, is you went out, you talked to him, you sat in front of him, you made your case, and now you see what happens down the road. Well, here's here's what I know about Cavani. He, he is, he may go as you said. He may go in the winter transfer window. Um, that works great for PSG because he's making eighteen million dollars this year, and so that money comes off PSG's books. They don't need the money for the transfer fee. What they would like to do is probably have a little bit of salary flexibility. So, PSG would be motivated to do that. They could force Atletico Madrid to to wait until the summer. That would give PSG some insurance that Cavani is not playing, but he's valuable off the bench. It's a three-year deal. When you talk about the Galaxy, it's a three-year deal. He'll be 35 when it ends. Uh, if he, you know, if he gets out early, we know that's always a possibility. That would be great. He does fit into. It. He's the perfect player for the kind of system that GBS wants to play. Um, but the other thing was he's making 18 million. The Galaxy apparently were told that the, by Cavani's agent that their the lowest they would go was was 11 million dollars. You know, that's a seven million dollar break. That seems like Cavani's somewhat motivated to come. But it's also four million more than Zlatan made yeah. last year, and he's the highest paid player in league history. So th there wasn't much of a compromise to be had at this point. You're right. Maybe in three or four years, when he's what thirty eight last contract, <laughs> when he he's thirty eight and still injured. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, yeah, we've had thirty seven year old strikers here that come on uh, over and done pretty well. Yeah, I was. I think you and I were talking. We were talking about older older players coming over. Maybe that was even the beginning of this. But you know, like Ashley Cole was an old defender. All right, yes. <laughs> you know that that's that's an old defender. A thirty year old is you know thirty four. But yeah, looking at all this. Um, like I said, this was, uh, in my mind, the LA Galaxy were uh, looking, and we, we sort of hinted at this, Javier Hernandez, um, Chicharito still seems like he is on the radar, even though I blame Kevin for that and saying it's not going to happen. Uh, Edison Cavani was a guy who I think they were looking for to bring in the wintertime. Um, I still think there's some guys that they could be waiting for a possible summer entrance whenever the uh, rest of the yeah. world sort of goes for the end of contracts and a whole bunch of other things in summertime. So the LA Galaxy could be in the wait and see mode, but Cavani was a, hey, maybe we could get him now, um, and that would that would well, work well. Well, let's see if the Galaxy keep a DP spot open, which I think they would be wise to do in any case. But if they do, I think that definitely hints at something coming up in the summer. Another guy, just to, let's just cross this off right away. Uh, the, the sort of fallback for Cavani, the people talked about was Luis Suarez. Here's that, the guy that, was, be. that wasn't a fallback. Let's let's say that that was the the pie in the sky reach for the stars one, and Cavani was probably a more realistic drag than Suarez would be. But the, well, I continue. He's going to be 33 next month. He's got a year left on his contract beyond this season. He's making 15.4 million dollars. Uh, he's third in La Liga in goals this year. He has 10. 
All those things make him be a valuable, expensive player, someone that Barcelona would probably still want and certainly want to transfer fee. Barcelona's not in the same situation monetarily as PSG. They would want money in a transfer if they tried to let Suarez go and the Galaxy would have to come up in the $11 million range again. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. And the other thing is, you know, his next-door neighbor is, is uh, Leo Messi, yes. and their families are really tight. And Messi's made it known to management in Barcelona that he wants Suarez to stay. And Leo Messi generally gets what he wants, surprisingly yeah. enough. Yeah, big surprise. Uh, best soccer player in the world gets what he wants. Yeah, no surprise. All right. Um, all right, let's talk about a player who's, pro- can I say this, who's actually coming to the LA Galaxy? Can I, can he is I, coming. Okay. He is def- I can't pronounce his name, which is great for me again, once again. That's a, a, a Emiliano Insua to the LA Galaxy. Uh, the reports have been swirling around the last couple weeks, or at least the last week, uh, that the Argentine defender uh, was joining the LA Galaxy, and that deal is done, um, or at least very close. I, it's done, right? It, we're, it, we're it's done. They oh. haven't announced it yet. Right. This is part of that talking to the Galaxy. They didn't knock the rumor down. They didn't say move on. They didn't deny it as they did one that we may have enough time to talk about. There was another deal out there, too. But, yeah, he is definitely coming. They're just not going to formally announce it until after the first of the year. Uh, You and I talked about this before we came on the air. I'm wondering why every other team in the league is announcing these big-name signings um, and, you know, the money they're spending. And the Galaxy have been quiet. And and you and I talked about that. I said, you know, they're letting other teams get out in front of them. And your argument was it's the holiday season – it's better for them to wait until that's over. They're gonna then they're the only team announcing players. I've been told to expect three or four announcements right after the first of the year, and this will be number one on that list, I think. Yeah, Emiliano and Sua, thirty-year-old uh, journeyman defender, played thirty-one at, in three weeks. Yeah, so there you go. So he'll be thirty-one uh, again. Not old for a defender, uh, but you know, Boca Juniors, Liverpool, uh, Galatasaray, Sporting CP, Atletico Madrid, uh, Real Vallecano, uh, and then Stuttgart here in uh, twenty fifteen. In the second division. Yeah, in the second division. So, uh, so in Bundesliga two, um, yeah. Stuttgart in in 2015 and 2016, and you know, sort of has fallen. I think by the wayside uh, there a little bit, but could be. I, I don't know. I I feel like this is the kind of experienced journeyman defender that could really make a great impact as a left back. And we we talk about a left back and there being a hole at left back, and uh, there is because you and I uh, are of the general belief, and I believe Dennis DeClosa is of the general belief that Jorgen Shelvick and his million dollar contract is not coming back um, for next year. And so the LA and, Galaxy, and I think they held on to Shelvick until this deal was done. I think that when all that all the contract moves happened. I don't know if they could could have moved him anyway. I don't I think that, I don't think they could. They were locked in on a contract. He still has another year on his contract, which is craziness. But you know, I but. think he, I, one team I've heard he may wind up at Hammerby, which is a team that's jointly owned by AEG. So that's where I think I think that the, the Shelvick thing was just kind of left there because as insurance at left back. But now that they got this guy, and by the way, the connection to GBS, you forgot to mention it. You said Boca. He was there. Yeah. He was coming through the youth ranks when. When GBS, I think, was still playing there. Yes, he was still playing there. The legend that he is, and and doing amazing things for Boca Juniors. Uh, so Insua was down in the youth ranks. Then eventually got a loan to Liverpool, and then came back, I believe, uh, to play on the senior team squad there at Boca Juniors. Um, and like we said, then played throughout those other places. So uh, again, a journeyman defender, I think, it could be a really good addition. Uh, you know, people ask, and and certainly there's been some great scouting sort of reports put out on Reddit. Uh, there's a guy who who loves Stuttgart, and so he knows all about him. Um, and so he was like, yeah, you know, he's. Still He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's not the worst guy in the world either. And so how that all translates into Major League Soccer and him playing should be uh, really interesting to see. 
there's there's one of those things where see people say, well, he couldn't be any worse than Shelvick was, and I'm saying that's that's not true. He could be a lot worse than than Shelvick. Um, it all matters, price tag and everything else. But it seems to me, at least just looking at this and sort of understanding where this guy's played uh, and where he's gone, and seems that he's always sort of uh, acquitted himself, you know, rather favorably with all of these teams. Um, I would think that this would be a good addition for the LA Galaxy back line and sort of put it in with that now Felcher and Araujo over there on the right side. You have Dan Steres, you have uh, People Gonzalez, um, and then you have, uh, you know, Insua over there on the left-hand side. So uh, with Didi Troy possibly being the backup over there. But that's not all, Kevin, because there is another center back rumor that just peaked right now uh, before we came on the air, um, and that's Carlos Zambrano. Uh, not the pitcher. Not, not the, the pitcher, pitcher. The, the soccer player, a Peruvian oh. center back, 30 years old, um, possibly being linked to the LA Galaxy as well oh, right oh. now. Although I, I, I did mention to the Galaxy when I was trying to track this down that if they wanted to sign Carlos Zambrano, the pitcher, that might not be a bad idea because they have two Dodger games a year they generally go to, the Galaxy does, and they have a first ball ceremony. And Oh, my God, Gio Dos Santos was so embarrassing. Yes. Maybe signing the Major League pitcher just for that first ball ceremony. Might, not a bad a good idea. idea. Uh, this one's still in early days right now. I don't know that we have a, a real good feel on it, though, Kevin. what Did you uh, did you look anything up on this, uh, on this particular player? Yeah. Yes, I did. The Galaxy said uh, they had no comment on it, which is not yes, it's not no, it's no comment. He is uh, right now at Dynamo Kiev, but he hasn't played a game this year. He's got a good size, 6'1", 183, so he's, he's a big center back. His transfer market value is 1.7 million, but he, uh, I mean, if he's not playing, it's come down quite a bit from that. He's But he has moved around a lot. He's played for five teams in the last 26 months. He did play for the Peruvian national team. He has a lot of caps with them. Um, sounds like a guy that if they brought him in would probably be a somewhat inexpensive acquisition would mm-hmm. be a depth guy. Mm-hmm. Again, that's what I was sort of alluding to earlier though. This, if they did bring him in and, and he came in at any kind of salary that would once again, say to Dan Saris, you got to earn your keep, which uh, to me is, is unfair, but, uh, you know, they do need depth on the defensive end. We, we look like they, they have all their four starters there now. Um, the opening day starters, they have the goalkeeper where they're still where the Galaxy haven't seemed to focus. And maybe some of these signings that we see when the transfer window opens, you know, they've lost 45 goals. Ebro's gone. He's he had 30 goals and Tuna had six goals. He was second on the team. Fabio Alvarez had three goals. They're returning only th- uh, 13 of the 58 goals they scored is all they return. And, and Sebastian Leggett. Christian Pavone and Dan Steris, all with three. Those are the three leading returning scorers. So they have a lot of uh, offense to make up for. And as you mentioned, yeah, Pavone was only here for a short period. And he had three goals and a ton of assists. But that's because he was paired with Zlatan. So they definitely need some help at the front end. I think the midfield is set. I think the defense is set, at least from the starting perspective. We know Bingham will be in goal. This this is good, though, because now it gives Dennis a clear focus on what he needs to 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 concentrate on going forward after the holidays. Yeah, striker seems, I think, the one that's still up in the air, which, by the way, I think is leaning more towards no and, and less towards yes, you know, every day is Ramon Alessandrini. Um, and whether or not he'll be back, it sort of can change the shape. I mean, we talked about Sasha Kleshin not being a starter, but if you needed him to be a starter, he could. You could move Legette out wide if you're not going to bring Roman Alessandrini back in. If you're going to wait and sit on a designated player spot, which might be a wise thing to do, um, you know, you could even have Pavone up there playing uh, playing at striker and playing it forward. So it's not a 
it's there's there's some options here. I don't think the LA Galaxy fans have any patience for what the LA Galaxy might be trying to do. And I also think that the Galaxy could be playing it smart with the CBA not being decided, uh, with question marks around really what the structure of the team is going to be, that the Galaxy could sit back and then take advantage of this new CBA when it's there. If you have everybody locked in already, um, that's different. I, I will tell you this. I think the reason that you're seeing big name signings being launched by other teams is because I don't expect the designated player structure to change all that much. So if the Galaxy you want to go out and get a DP, um, I don't think that that's going to be affected whatsoever by but, the by this this new collective bargaining but, agreement. But here's the strategy thing. Um, it, there's two strategies. Uh, you know, I think teams are, are going forward based on the old CBA, and I think their argument would be if things change drastically is, hey, we were we made good faith signings with these players based on the old CBA. You can't. I think a lot of this stuff will be grandfathered in. I guess is what I'm trying to say that Could even be. if the CBA changes some of the rules, uh, the agreements entered into this offseason will, will be honored. But when you talk strategically about the Galaxy, they need, we said, they need a striker. They need some offense. They've already signed two of their three DPs, though, right? Because um, isn't Pavone, Pavone going to be a Pavone, DP this year? Yeah, Pavone and Jonathan Dos Santos are the two DPs so right now, so they if, have one. If they need to get a DP, but they want to keep that DP spot open for the summer, that really kind of puts Dennis over a barrel. I mean, how do you do that? How do you go and talk to... Uh, you know the kind of the ilk, the kind of player, the caliber of player that you need to fill to to make up for some of those forty-five goals you lost, and still keep a spot open for the summer. It seems almost like he Dennis has to roll the dice. Either he has to lay back and wait for the summer, thinking he has something, and he better be right because if he keeps that DP spot open all summer and the Galaxy don't score goals, that's not going to be good. Or he says this is the best I'm going to get. No one's going to come in the summer. This is the guy I want, and then he gives that DP spot away in February. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the other part of that is that, you know, you for sure are going to sign somebody in the summer, even if you don't, you know, have somebody. I'm all about getting the right fit and not a or a, a, the best fit and not necessarily the quick fit. And so I think the Galaxy may. You, you have to remember, they can also sign some TAM level, which we don't know what they are. So maybe, you know, we don't know what TAM is. We don't know if TAM stays, stays here. We don't know if TAM goes away. We don't know any of those things. But a TAM level player um, in the current CBA uh, could really affect this LA Galaxy team as well. And you could get a TAM level striker that really does what you need him to do and still have that designated player spot being held. Or you get a TAM level, you know, uh, midfielder that, that can really help you out in the offensive side. And then you can still fill that DP slot uh, again in, um, you know, in the summertime. So there's ways around it to work around it. You just have to be willing to have the patience to have that DP slot, on, you know, unfilled. And Galaxy fans don't want to hear this, but I don't think this year is going to be the finished product either. You know, Dennis and Guillermo both have talked about, they've thrown it out there a couple of times, a three-year project, rebuilding this team, what they want the team to look like, the style of play that they want that the team to have. Um, this would be year two. So if this really is a three-year project, we've still got another two seasons to go before the team is, by their deadline, the team that they want to have on the field. Yeah, they don't, they don't get that time. I know it's nice to say that, and and I think Dennis has acknowledged that as well, that, yeah, you know, we have to win now, and we also have to plan for the future, and we have to do all that stuff. And, you know, Bruce Arena always said, and we'll, we'll quote, you know, the the man himself, uh, Bruce Arena always told us that, you know, it's impossible to build sort of these these teams that just stick around forever because with MLS and the policies and the salary caps and the way that it's restrictive, you can't give raises to the guys that you want to keep. You're going to lose them, and so it's always about constantly turning over the roster and doing stuff, and hopefully around a core, 
Um, I don't know that you can say the Galaxy have a core, but being strong up the middle is something that they need to do. And so if it's People Gonzalez and Dan Steris, if it's Jonathan Dos Santos, if it's Sebastian Legette, um, and then whoever your striker is sort of up there, you've got some work to do to make that core and make that central spine stronger than it certainly has been um, in years past. So it's, uh, it's a lot of work for the LA Galaxy. Again, February 29th uh, is their first game, uh, the, the actual open camp, and, and when all of that comes, comes up in January. Um, the CBA, I think, expires at the end of January. Is that correct? January 31st, yep. So lots of stuff is going to happen here in this next month. Uh, but, you know, for right now, I think uh, I think that's it. I think that's we, we've sort of covered where it is, except that you wanted to tell everybody some ridiculous idea. I, I like to make I like to say, oh, yeah, you should definitely talk about it on the show and then make it sound ridiculous before I give it to you um, about Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Right. Because you're saying, you know, audio Zlatan, he's not coming back to the LA Galaxy. We know he departed. He said, thank you. He's gone. Um, but maybe, maybe not gone well i'll I'll try to run this uh we talked about this before you really didn't want to talk about ebra and i said man you know there's no name we can mention on the show that uh, stops people more than ebra so i'll go through this really quickly a lot of stuff going on a lot of the reports coming out uh uh, from italy from the italian media which you know you can't trust 99 percent of what comes out of the italian media so with that as the caveat i did talk to somebody in everton who said the interest uh, on behalf of the team in uh Zlatan, you probably heard there, there were rumors about him going to Everton. The interest on the term of management was very sincere and very high. Everton feels like they are fighting a losing battle for attention and for relevancy against Liverpool, their uh, the hometown rivals. They, they uh, you know, their stadiums are a mile apart. So they really wanted to bring Zlatan in, not so much for what he could do on the field, but for what he could do in the community. Um, the new manager who they announced this weekend, Carlo An- uh, Ancelotti, said today that if he wants to come to Liverpool and he wants to come and enjoy Liverpool, he can, but he's not coming here to play. That was his uh, uh, comment about Zlatan. Zlatan said all along he wants to go back to Milan, where he played before and really uh, enjoyed his time there and was very successful. The latest word is now that uh, AC Milan, the club director said that he doesn't believe Ibra's coming. He believes that that's that, that whole deal is dead. However, the club has given, apparently given, Zlatan and his agent until Christmas uh, to accept their latest offer, which appears to be uh, $6.6 million for 18 months. So that's on the table until Christmas Day, the December 26th, which is Thursday. Uh, the club management has a meeting scheduled with Zlatan's agent uh, to talk over that. Now, so uh, essentially they're asking Zlatan to take a pay cut from what he got in MLS. There were allegedly some sightings of Zlatan in Beverly Hills this month. He's still apparently around. We know that he likes Southern California. His kids enjoyed it here. I don't think he's coming back, but I'm not ready to dismiss it yet either. If he wants to play one more year, um, he's burned an awful lot of bridges. He's not popular in the dressing room. It would be a hard swallow for the team to bring him back. But uh, if they wanted to, they got a lot of goals to make up for. Um, I, I, I'm i kind of on the fence on this. I would not be surprised if it happened. But I would also be surprised if it happened. It's not happening. Dom Dwyer's not going to Orlando. This Chicharito. Chicharito. Yeah, you forcing Chicharito in, in here ain't happening. So, no, all that stuff. So, again, just interesting stuff. I, I hope that we sort of updated everybody on what you were thinking. Uh, you know, there aren't a lot of really big name rumors that are out there right now. I don't know if we're going to see any. I don't know if it's going to pick up. But I do expect everything to pick up after the first of the year. Uh, Kevin, you sort of, uh, you know, told us that to expect some signings. But I also think that... Uh, 
there will be some more signings. I think there will be some more uh, motivation to get you know the rest of these. The Galaxy have 17, I believe, rostered players right now, which means they can sign 13 more players um, all the way up to 30. So there's going to be some additions here, and there's going to be some signings. There are people and players coming in, uh, and so we'll have that coverage for you whenever it happens. But uh, I think before we completely wrap it up, Kevin, I want to wish everybody a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, we're going to take off a, a break. Maybe have a show next week. Just kind of depends um, on what that is, whether or not my wife still loves me after I do this show. You never yeah, know. You, you've missed the evening feeding. You're like in the doghouse now. Oh, I'll be in the doghouse for a while. That's where I live. But And no. you don't even have it. Oh, you do have a dog. I do have a dog. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Piper. Move, she's move, she, move over. Yes. She's, yeah. She can slide over. She already sleeps on the bed. I don't know where. Maybe I could sleep down on the dog bed. Maybe that's what, what would be better. All right. Uh, but again, from all of us here at Corner of the Galaxy, want to wish you guys all very happy holidays. Sorry for the break. Uh, glad we're back and uh, certainly looking forward to 2020 here as the LA Galaxy continue this rebuild, um, sort of to see how this whole thing uh, pans out with uh, with players coming in and what rumors we can hint you on, what news we can break uh, here on Corner of the Galaxy. It's been a lot of fun this year, uh, crazy, exciting year. Um, so I've had a great time. I don't know about you, Kevin. Have you had fun? Did you? Did you I've had a- fun. You know, I got a panda Christmas sweater. I got to put that on. That's good. That's, I have my ugly Christmas sweater on right now. So I'm- I didn't say ugly. You said ugly. Okay, that was me. I my bad. Panda. The yeah. gorgeous Christmas sweater that, that has a panda on it. That's. I'm sure that's what it is. All right. Uh, anything else, Kevin? That's it. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. And head on over to latimes.com where you can find all of his articles talking about the LA Galaxy and covering soccer in Southern California, sometimes college soccer, sometimes it's national teams, U.S. men's national team, U.S. women's national team. Right there, Kevin covers it all at latimes.com. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com uh, where you can find all of our articles, the off season rumor and signing tracker all that stuff is aggregated in one spot for you make sure you check that out and keep updated we have our our schedule uh breakdown on there as well so check that out cornerofthegalaxy.com all right for mr kevin the panda baxter i'm josh pato guessman wishing you all a very merry christmas happy holidays and we'll be back as soon as there's some more news to talk about thanks everybody you've been listening to corner of the galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com have a great one You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.